Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Metcalf, founder of X Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Today, I speak with Abhishek Rungta. Abhishek is the founder and the CEO of Indusnet Neck Technologies, which is a 700-person strong company. Uh, it provides digital uh, strategy consulting and offshore outsourcing to uh, digital agencies, enterprises, and governments. And um, in a conversation today, I really dig into Abhishek's success formula. What is it that helped him create this large organization from zero? Uh, what were the strengths and also what held him back? Uh, and how did he create the commitment and engagement that he needed to create this service oriented business at scale? Uh, and then we also look to the future and understand what might he need to do to take his impact to another level. So I hope as you listen into this, that you'll pick up some ideas for yourself and see as well perhaps how your success formula uh, is evolving to allow you to go to even greater heights. Uh, so sit back and enjoy this conversation with Abhishek Rangata. Hi Abhishek. Hi Richard. Hi, great to see you today. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, the pleasure is mine. Well, hey, um, let's jump straight in. As you know, today we're going to dive into your success formula and find out what your personal strategy is as a very accomplished CEO for creating impact. Um, but before we do that, why don't you give us a quick summary of just in just a minute or so of you know, who you are, what your company is and what it does, and perhaps just a little bit about your journey, right? As you've done sure. a number of things to get into that CEO role as you are now. Sure. So I'm a bootstrap entrepreneur for the last 23 years. Uh, I have built multiple companies. Uh, and obviously, I have a flagship company, which I have built and run throughout. Um, I have kind of believed that, you know, uh, the journey is far more important than the end destination. And that has been my driving formula throughout building these businesses. And I keep experimenting, I keep exploring. And that's why I consider myself more as an explorer than a CEO. Uh, and at one point of time, I was quite active in uh, climbing mountains. But once I got addicted to digital, I think uh, uh, digital took over me. And mm. I'm kind of uh, uh, kind of left behind uh, climbing mountains for quite some time, and I'm trying to get back to that slowly, slowly now. But yes, overall, uh, uh, you know, uh, building businesses, especially digital businesses, because internet is something which fascinated me on day one, and it still fascinates me. Mm. And I think uh, I have no regret because uh, uh, this has given me everything that I wanted from my career. Excellent. So, so just tell us what. So, with your current business, tell us about uh, Internet. So Indusnet is basically a, a, a software product engineering company where we build software products for uh, banks, insurance companies, and pharmaceutical uh, industry. And we have also created a constellation of companies which we have acquired or done strategic investment in or created joint ventures, which allows us to do a lot of other uh, interesting things in digital. 
uh, which can be as diverse as digital marketing or uh, you know uh, doing building uh, analytic uh, energy analytics in commercial buildings and so on and so forth amazing so you've got this as you said you've founded multiple companies you've um you built them you've acquired others you've partnered with others to create this constellation i know indusnet has you know 700 or more people you're growing in you know in double digit uh, figures so there's a lot of great stuff happening um what would be the one or one or two or three key factors that have driven your impact to date you know if if you could bottle your success source, right? What would those, what would be inside? What would be the ingredients? So I think uh, uh, the number one ingredient would be uh, my uh, my deep interest in building quality leadership because I think leadership is uh, beyond business. It is about, uh, you know, uh, building your own culture and living that culture and ensuring that that culture makes an impact, not only on just people around you, but people who are connected to other people and therefore, you know, you can create multiple levels of impact. Mm. So I have always believed that, you know, if you really want to build a good business, you need to build good leadership and good leadership is all about working closely, you know, coaching people, helping them understand why you feel certain way and Mm. also help them discover that what is their core feeling Mm. and then helping them also discover that how they can align people to their overall thought process. So it has been a very interesting journey because uh, I feel that even beyond what I am doing, I think these leaders will go up, go ahead and do amazing stuff in years to come. And that will be the most fulfilling thing for me. Mm. The next area that I think which uh, has created, uh, helped me uh, uh, build this impact has been creating strong partnerships. And when I talk about creating strong partnerships, I always have believed that in a partnership, you should put more on the other side of the table. A lot of time people try to do a partnership where they want to win all. I don't think it should be win all. Uh, and I really believe that the other person should win a little bit more than what you are winning. That's so and- interesting. That's so interesting. I um, I do agree, but it's interesting. A lot of strategic leaders, you know, talk a lot about win-win, right? But actually, they want to win a bit more than you, right? And, so and of I- course, that, yeah. that means it feels like a lose. But I, so I love the way that you're saying, really make it clear that the other person is getting a, a big win and then you can ride on that and you 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 know you, you get that the benefit works beautifully because i feel that that creates a lot of confidence that creates a, a good leadership and it sets a good practice overall uh, that, and the other person also learns to do the same thing with people he deals with and i think that overall builds a great ecosystem so uh, and, and and also in the partnership you know we have believed in partnership to a level where uh, over 80 percent business comes from outside india and we don't have a single employee outside India mm. uh, because everything is through partnerships and beautiful partnerships, which has lasted 15 years, 18 years. And, you know, just gone through the test of time, gone through ups and downs, right? Where we have backed our partner, our partner have backed us. So I think somewhere I feel that creating great partnerships has been uh, central to uh, what I have achieved in, in, in these many years. Mm. And last but not the least, I think uh, you have to stay ahead Uh, of the rest in marketing. This means you have to stay ahead of everyone else in product innovation. You have to stay ahead of everyone in terms of understanding your customer needs and wants and challenges and problems. Because at the end of the day, that is what I equate to marketing. I'm not equating marketing uh, to, you know, advertising or putting beautiful ads on Google or Facebook, uh, but kind of getting deeper into your customer psyche and their problem statement. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have done that consistently. 
and I have I am fortunate to be in company of great marketers at different points of times who have uh, let me see uh, what real marketing is all about, and I have applied that decently well in my organization, which has helped us get where we are. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Marketing is really that intersection of product innovation and customer needs, uh, rather than all the fluffy, you know, um, gimmicks that we can sometimes think about when it comes to marketing. So I love that quality leadership, strong partnerships, and then staying ahead of marketing in that really tight definition that you've just given me. These are great. Um, there might be some people listening who are like, yeah, this sounds like more, you know, um, management theory. Can you give an example? So, you know, around one of these, you know, is there a story that perhaps um, comes to mind mm -hmm. just to show an example of how when you apply some of these, you can really create some interesting results? I think there are many, but I'll give you an example. Uh, so, uh, so long time back, we were competing with a company uh, in Kolkata in Eastern India. We were competing with a company in digital marketing. So we were kind of, both of us were number one and number two throughout the years, right? And it was kind of a rivalry where our team will win or their team will win most of the deals. Uh, and what we did as one point of time, when we found that that company is not doing great, I reached out to their uh, founder CEO and I said that, you know, uh, I would love to work with you and why don't you join us and we will create uh, the largest digital marketing company in Eastern India. And uh, we created a partnership where we gave them due respect. We let them own 50% of the company. We injected uh, much more money than that whole company was worth at that point of time. We injected that money into the company. Uh, and we also gave them our portfolio of business to them. And we said, you will run the entire digital marketing portfolio of Indusnet as well as your own company. And let's grow this business together. So I think, see, this is something which is a, a great deal for someone. And then I continue to mentor them. I continue to sit on their boat and I keep helping them kind of navigate uh, the difficult uh, terrain mm. of building a chapped business. Uh, I also kind of uh, provided them with the software that helps us run Indusnet, which is a very big USP because it helps us keep the whole company on track, our own, what we call is our own internal ERP. Mm. And uh, all, this was not, uh, all this was given for no extra cost. And right. we're I, not trying to overemphasize that, you know, we own the company and things like that. And I think this kind of built a very strong partnership. Otherwise, lots of acquisitions and joint ventures fail. Whereas this particular, uh, you know, uh, some people call it acquisition, I call it partnership. But in my understanding, this partnership has worked extremely well. And we have done things yes. that we are not even conceived at that point of time that we can achieve those things together. Thank you. I love it. You know, really... You put your money where your mouth was, right? To make these partnerships happen and they've really paid off. Absolutely. So thank you for that. What, let's go to the other side, right? The dark side. So the dark side is, you know, we're all human, right? And we have strengths that allow us to succeed and, and, and uh, help us to drive forward. But sometimes those strengths have a bit of a flip side, right? A dark side that, you know, it's something that actually ends up holding us back in some ways or, or kind of causes us to stumble or make mistakes. You know, what would that be for you? What would be the, the dark side of your gifts as a leader? I think uh, my learning has been extremely slow, extremely, extremely slow. I took almost uh, like 20 years to get where I am, whereas uh, a company of this size and the accomplishments that this company has done, I, in my opinion, and my humble opinion, this can be done in half the time or a little bit more than that. I think I have been a little complacent in learning quickly. Mm -hmm. And do my course and being changed course correction. 
So, I mean, I can call that I was lazy maybe at times or maybe a little slow in learning and applying those learnings into my business back. Yeah, right. It's interesting, right? One of the impact multipliers that I talk about is around accelerating learning, which is often around accelerating your organization's learning, but it also applies to us, right? It's like, how fast can we learn? I often ask my clients, are we learning faster than the market? Are we learning faster than the rate of technological change, right? Are we learning you know, faster than our competitors? Um, and that's a high bar, right? Because these days it's crazy. There's so much, you know, we can be. That's true. You know, this. And um, I think as we mentioned earlier on in you know previous discussion, it's often our own thinking that gets in the way of our success. Richard, I have, I have, I think where I have stumbled is that I have not taken really big bets. So, you know, I have taken decent sized bets. So I would bet, let's say 10 or 15% of my company on a new initiative or something new that I'm doing, but I have never done something where I have bet my hundred percent of the company on something and tried to really go after it full fledged. Right. So I think that is another reason why I think the growth has been comparatively slower. Uh, but yes, it has given me a very steady company. And one yeah. thing that achieved by this is that we have always done more business than the previous year. And we have made more profits than the previous year through my entire history of the business. Right. But of right. course, the growth has been extremely slow. So I have kind of played a little bit on the safe side, I would say. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, um, we, all, we, ha- we, we hear the stories of people who bet the whole company and it pays off. The thing yeah. is, there's also people who bet the company and it didn't pay off. And that's why we don't hear about them. <laughs> so at least you're here, right? All these years later to tell the story. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Hello, it's Richard here with a quick interlude. These conversations are all about upgrading how you think about creating impact. So here's a resource to help you do just that whilst staying fast and focused. The CEO's checklist for challenging times is a quick way to enhance your thinking and detect blind spots, even when things are moving incredibly fast and you're not sure what's going to happen next. You can get this powerful checklist of 17 world-class strategies by heading to xquadrant.com forward slash go forward slash challenging times checklist with a hyphen between each of those three last words. Now, back to the conversation. So let's jump in. We were going to talk about, um, you know, we... Uh, these impact multipliers, and I, I think I mentioned to you, we have, you know, I talk about five often. I talk about eliminating noise, um, which is really about staying focused, releasing commitment, which is about it creating ownership around us, accelerating learning, I, I talked about, addressing friction and drama, which are often things that hold organizations back, and then mastering transformation, which is about the habits that we know how to build in our organization and in ourselves. Um, it'd be good to dive into you with, on one of these. Let's, let's say, talk about releasing commitment because I, I hear in your story, you're about partnerships, right? You're about leadership. You're about uh, creating this sustainable people business, right? Um, and I'd love to understand, how do you create commitment and ownership, right? How have you been able to do that across these multiple businesses, these multiple brands, and these multiple partnerships? I think, uh, uh, so the first thing that comes to my mind when we have to create a a commitment and ownership among people is that, first of all, you have to be present for them. A lot of times, you know, we just want them to do certain things for us, but uh, we ourselves may not be present. Uh, I have always, uh, I have always been present for my people. I have always believed in them. Even doesn't matter what qualification they come with. 
what experience they come with so the biggest thing that you have to do is you have to believe in them so you have to be for them you have to believe in them so when i say you have to believe in them is that they may have 10 different shortcomings mm-hmm. but we cannot say that since you have this shortcoming you cannot do this job i think we have to motivate them not only just motivate them but also guide them because people will have shortcomings there is no person who is perfect and yeah. it's our job to ensure that we understand that person's strengths and weakness and kind of motivate him to get rid of those weaknesses and let him leverage his strengths so i think that's the job of a leader to create new leaders by doing this exercise we may not be able to eliminate all their weaknesses but we can make them aware of it if we can make them aware of it they can at least be self aware about who they are mm-hmm. and how they should approach a particular problem and where they can fail so that they can further leverage other people in their team and they also learn to respect other people because they know that they don't know everything they are not perfect so there are other people who might be better in things which they are not good at so i think it's a complete yeah. culture that you have to build which is around vulnerability which is about self actualization and realization about what you are what you can do what you cannot do mm. and then also believing in your other person in your team and say that you know you you can do it and this is how you do it so i think it's a very personal thing and once you yeah. can build this and if a person enjoys this whole experience i feel that he he passes it on to the next person in his team mm. most of good people will definitely pass on the experience to the next person because it's enjoyable yeah this is challenging for people right because sometimes it can be easy to get frustrated with people in your team uh, and not to encourage them and believe in them right um so i love the way that you are you're bringing this up right it creates a chain reaction of positivity let me ask you though what happens when people don't seem motivated when they don't seem engaged when they when you feel they're not doing their best mm-hmm. what do you do then so it it does happen so i think it is important that uh, uh, you know uh, i i speak to them and i make, let them know that this is going wrong and i should not take a lot of time in doing so because what happens is that if you hold back a difficult feedback for a long period of time right that feedback compounds and then the person doesn't see a reason behind it because if any kind of a feeling is held back for a very long period of time and is not communicated in a proper way in a nice way in a constructive way what happens is that it compounds inside your mind and when you speak out about it you actually speak more than what is required and the other person does not relate to it because for him it has compounded in the reverse manner for him it has actually continually divided down because he he now doesn't even remember what mistake he did what wrong he did so i think it's very important how do you time a feedback so i think it's important to give feedback and a consistent feedback so in fact i mean i had situations where i had to let people go but i had always given great feedback to them which has helped them and they are still in touch with me and they still appreciate the way i have worked with them through their career in my company so i think that is that is far more satisfying to me than anything else that people whom i had to let go they still uh, relate back to me and they mm. still and say you know i enjoyed working with you mm. Wow, I, I love it. I can hear that people side of you very, very strongly in pretty much everything you've said in this conversation. So, I think that is definitely a lot of your secret sauce, right? It's that care for people. Um, what? Let's get into um, the future. Let's get into the future a little bit, because, as you know. one of my beliefs is that no matter how much we've achieved up till now there's always a next level for us to get to and so 
I'm curious, uh, Abhishek, what's your next level? How would you love to multiply your impact in the yeah. coming months or the coming years? So, uh, you know, again, I, I totally am aligned with your thought process. So as a company, we have a culture of no entitlements. This means we don't care about what we have achieved till date. Obviously, we celebrate it, but then it's just behind us after the celebration. So we have to look at reestablishing our credential and reestablishing our value every day as a business. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I had to bring in because in our segment, we lead in our geography. And if we don't bring in this culture, then our people can get complacent very easily. Mm. And about people, I think I myself can get complacent very easily. So we have kind of created this culture of no entitlement. That is the base of the business. Now, coming to your uh, precise question, I think uh, for us to grow rapidly from where we stand right now is to uh, build a a company which is going more aggressive on partnerships. How can we do partnerships and joint ventures at scale? Because we have figured out a model to run the business, a service, IT service business very nicely. We know how it works. We have got great client base. We have got great delivery mechanism. We have got technology to track everything in terms of profitability, in terms of utilization, in terms of uh, 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 you know uh, project governance. Everything is tracked now. Mm-hmm. So we have got great technology in place. I think what we now need is to basically scale, but scale with entrepreneurs rather than just employees. So obviously we, we uh, love and respect our employees, but what we want to do is we want to make sure that we create a company of entrepreneurs, which happens with joint ventures. It happens with more partnerships. Now we have done some of them, but how do you do it at scale? And how do you create a mechanism by which anyone who comes into the realm of this, you know, this uh, conglomerate, they automatically learn how to run business the Indusnet way. Right. So I, so just to give you a background, Richard, I come from a place uh, which is, uh, uh, you know, which is, uh, I would say the cultural capital of the East, right? It's is Kolkata. Now, the point is it's being a cultural capital, but it is lagging behind in terms of entrepreneurial capital to a great extent. At one mm. point of time, it was great in entrepreneurship. It was the, one of the top leading cities in, Eastern, in the Eastern world. But today it lags behind. So my somewhere in, in, in my heart, there is a goal that if I have to uplift the ecosystem in this part of the country, mm. you have to create that mechanism by which companies can come, copy your model, learn and continue to grow. So if I can create that impact, which is just be, not only about my own company, but beyond my company, yeah. I would be really happy. And this is what I love, right? This is, um, this is what I, I see in you. you. You talked about these rippling effects, right? Of uh, leaders who impact leaders who impact leaders or systems who impact systems. And I, I hear that in you, that you've built this business up. It's stable, it's growing, it's profitable. And there's this opportunity to scale through partners. But as you do that, to actually perhaps up-level the, entirely, the entire entrepreneurial ecosystem in the, um, in the East, right, uh, as, as you said, and, and create like a societal impact, right? So we have these different uh, levels of impact, as we said, you know, our, ourself, our family, our team, our organization, our industry, our geography, the world, you know, these, these different levels. And I can just hear that there, there's an opportunity there for you to, to do that. That's very exciting. I think so. What are you going to need to do differently? Yeah. How's you know how's that success formula going to need to change for you to get to that next level? I think uh, I need to focus a lot more on uh, on 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 processes on coaching. So obviously, I have uh, I have I'm still putting almost half my time, or in fact, a little bit more than half my time in operational matters. 
So right. for me, it will be an interesting challenge to come out of operations and to kind of, you know, bring in new people into operations and kind of take a little bit of backseat and say, mm. okay, I want to now create more partnerships. I want to focus on creating the system of building companies rather than actually operate in, in my company. So I think, it's, again, you know, a challenge is that, you know, every entrepreneur has got that uh, extraordinary attachment with his own business, the first business that he built. And for me, the challenge would be to come out of that, uh, that uh, absolute attachment that I have got here and kind of take a little bit of backseat and tell my team to run it while I create and focus on a system which can create more companies. Mm-hmm. So I think that is, again, as I said, this is a personal constraint. I don't see anything as a, uh, as a systematic constraint or as a, as a business constraint. I think it's a personal constraint. I think all the constraints are personal, as you rightly said, when we were discussing uh, just before this call. And uh, I think this is, again, is a, a big, big personal constraint for me. Mm. Yeah, I always say, you know, there's no business transformation without team transformation. And there's no team transformation without personal transformation, right? It's always It always starts with us. So um, thank you very much. I think we're probably done on time, but uh, this has been a fascinating discussion. So, so thank you, Abhishek. If people want to find out more about you and about IndusNet, how can they get best get in touch? Uh, sure, Richard. So I am quite available on uh, Twitter. Uh, so my Twitter handle is twitter.com slash Abhishek my full name. Uh, I am also available on LinkedIn, which is linkedin.com slash in slash Abhishek again, my full name. Or they can uh, reach to my company's uh, website, which is industnet.co.in. Got it. Industnet.co.in. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it's been a great discussion. And I hope for um, everybody listening, you've really been able to benefit here from, I think, these really fascinating um, insights from Abhishek, especially around really this, that importance of being a people person um, and how that's helped you build this um, fantastic um, set of businesses um, with plenty more to come. So thanks once again and goodbye. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.